across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. There's been a lot of talk about aliens and UAPs all over the place now, but what about those uh, non-human biologics that are a little bit closer to home? What about Bigfoot? I mean, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Bigfoot? Well, our guest tonight has gathered together hundreds of experiences to put together a fictional tale that gives you the, the story from the point of view of Bigfoot. <laughs> and boy, I'll tell you guys, this is a whole new take on this situation. So please welcome to the Free Zone, the wonderful author, Angela Kelly. Hey, welcome to the Free Zone, Angela. Hello, Freeman. How are you today? Thanks I'm for having good. me. good. Yeah. Well, I guess we should let the audience know that you and I have been friends for a oh, uh, quarter of a century, uh, at least 25 Something. years. Something like that, yes. A long time. Yeah, Angela was one of the first people I met in, in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, we've been great friends ever since, and I, I have a feeling maybe in the members section we're going to get into a few tales. Who knows? Uh, so much to cover, so much to look at and think about. But let's dig in. Um, now, this isn't your first book, Uh so the, the well, let's go ahead and let the audience know. Uh, Encountering Eye Shine is is the current book that you have out. It's just been released, and uh, it, it's pretty damn epic. I started. I read through the uh, the free portion that is given. Of course, you can read this free if you're a member of Kindle. But um, I, I highly recommend purchasing the book and. Um, I'll I'll mention that I, I was the artist for the book cover. <laughs> it was pretty exciting for me. Yeah, I really appreciate that. You did a great job. Yeah, thank you. Yes. So um I had this idea to, you know, that I you always see the, the documentaries on TV and then all the TV shows, and they just seem so fake. They don't really show much and they don't some of the documentaries are pretty good, but, you know, uh, they're not really giving you, like, the heart and soul of the issue, in my point of view. So, but I'd heard podcasts it's about people telling their own encounter stories, and I just found it fascinating because some of those people, you could really feel their emotion. You could tell that they were really terrified, that they really thought that they were going to die, you know, and that those people, oh, there's so many hundreds and thousands of those people calling into those podcasts and giving their stories that they can't all be lying. Those people are feeling real emotion. There's really something happening. So I started listening to their stories and I, I see patterns of how they say that the Sasquatch behave and, you know, the places that they find them. And, um, and I thought, I should tell a story from big points point of view so that people can really understand that like there's really a creature that lives here among us that really is overlooked. Absolutely. It's uh, you know, it's, it's a tale that doesn't go away. It's, it's a tale that is in the oldest book written on planet earth folks. You know, the Epic of Gilgamesh talks of a Bigfoot, a Bigfoot type creature. So the oldest story ever told. So, 
we we have never it's it's been a part of humanity's history forever but yet so elusive like uh that's the part of your story that i want to get in you know to read uh about the (laughs) idea of how these packs these families that's what i love about your story is is it starts with the family tale the pack and and how they are uh living and then uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to getting to the portion where that humans just, I mean, how they avoid us, you know, I mean, sure. Okay. Uh, the government's hiding, been hiding non-human biologics for 50 years, but uh, these guys roam the woods. These guys are out there and, and humans encounter them. And then it, we never get the, the real good pictures. We never get the, the really good uh sense of what how they escape us and that's where i think your story will go and and shine well there's a in the first nations and in canada and they there's a lot of natives there who tell stories of when their villages did work with them and encounter them and were a little more they you know they call them big brother and so uh, there was a great story I heard one time from an elder that said that in the 1800s, when smallpox wiped out his population, that the Bigfoot came down and they had smallpox too, and they wanted help, but they couldn't help them because they didn't know how to cure it. And so that elder said that the smallpox and the diseases uh, came and wiped out the Bigfoot populations in the North Americas like it did for the natives. And and so I think that that, you know, that could cause them a fear of catching diseases from uh, colonizers, basically, and people, you know, so they, that's one reason that they might want to stay far away from us, other than this, our normal warring nature, you know, and our constant battling. But I think that they adapted to live more deep in the mountains and think that they have a watch system where they're always constantly vigilant and they're in family groups. So they're watching. I don't think they're, I don't think you very often find just one Bigfoot. I think they're always in groups. Right. But you don't see that group and you might see the one, uh, maybe the alpha that comes out to scare off the human or something. Right. If I think if they have to intervene, they will, but I think they try to just get away and leave. A lot of people believe that they're nocturnal. And while I don't dismiss that, um, uh, some people think that they're not nocturnal. The numbers of sightings are about equal, actually, of people who see them in the day and the night. So, But there's some interesting things that could be... uh, correlated to being nocturnal like the eye shine like some animals have adapted to see uv uh there's some pretty interesting theories that under uv light sugars and proteins show up differently and so if their eyes were you know had a uv reactiveness to them then they could see foods that had more proteins and sugars would appear brighter to them and you know if you're trying to get that much calories in your body in a day that could be very useful especially if you're nocturnal. So is that a common report that their eyes shine? It's 
uh, very common. Yes. And some people even report that they not just shine, but glow. Like, and even in complete darkness that they glow. And that's not something that's out of this realm. You know, many animals have eyes that glow. There's owls and other species that have eyes that will be luminescent. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen that in, a, in some of those nocturnal animals and lemurs. <laughs> no, they right? just have really big eyes. <laughs> I love their it, eyes. Yes. <laughs> but uh, tell us some of the encounters that you you really stood out for you and and that have spurred you to to because this is your second book on Bigfoot, right? Um. Well, oh. my first book had some Bigfoot in it, but this is definitely my first book from Bigfoot's point of view right some of the, the things that i was most interested in is the encounters from people that we we think to be authorities like national forest rangers policemen emts fire departments people who encountered them while they were just trying to do their job and you know and some of the, and also you know why why does the government refuse to even do research projects or recognize them in Oregon. They tried to put them in their, their wildlife catalog and make up warnings and the government was shut them down. They could not do that. So, so why huh. is that? And so those are the stories that interest me, like what happened? So there's a Mount St. Helens eruption. There's a story that there was an eruption and then, fires and then there's a story from firemen saying that the Bigfoot were coming out of the woods burned and then the um, military came in and helped and that they actually took live Bigfoot away from the scene. So, so there are government wondering. officials that have been trying to uh, protect the species and have done it officially put it out there and they get shut down. Right. And have there been attempts to, to make habitats or uh, national forests into some sort of uh, protected zone or anything like that? Well, you know, Theodore Roosevelt wrote about uh, Sasquatch and the wild men, as he called them, in books before he was president. And he did a whole lot to make sure that there was national forests throughout the United States. There's a lot of people who think that there was some presidents who knew had encountered wild men themselves and knew about them and had an idea of where they lived and maybe even went to some work to find out where they were more so that they could claim those national forests so that they would be protected. Uh, okay, so we're we're looking at this puzzle right now. We've got this UFO, UAP, non-human biologics and all of this, of course, is hearsay. It's uh, David Grush just saying, well, I interviewed 40 people and, and they said this. And, you know, that's taken to Congress. That's uh, put in front of the the public. And everybody's talking about these non-human biologics that uh, and I find it really curious how they don't say extraterrestrial. Right. They say alien or non-human, uh, you know, and. So we start to look around. I mean, there there are species on planet Earth that have existed throughout all time uh, that have been reported just like these little greys and all oh, the extraterrestrial stuff. 
that have been in history for, you know, biblical history <laughs> and yet and even pre-biblical history, folks, if we're talking about Bigfoot, because, you know, like I say, they up in Gilgamesh. Um, There's plenty of aliens on on caves. Yeah. And yeah. people, the Hopis, have plenty. And now I think that yeah. the government waited too long and nobody's impressed anymore. So I think that if you can, you know, if you ask 40 people that you see in a day that probably half of them will tell you about the time they seen a ufo so people aren't impressed they're everywhere now yeah they they i i i can't really even understand the reaction that's happening it's it's because i think we're so overwhelmed with data at this point uh that i mean if you were to take this in and uh you know 30 years ago 50 years ago when when you know, if it were like the whole Roswell incident, or you know, you think about War of the Worlds and how people freaked out, you know. And now it's it's right here in front of us. They're telling us, and 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 nobody really seems to care. No, everybody's just like, yeah, old news. You know, we're way ahead of the tic tac. I mean, let's move on. Um, we don't wait for the government to tell us information anymore. We don't. Nobody trusts them anymore. Like there's TikTok and YouTube and. I know. Everybody, everybody gets their information from other places. But just like this whole UFO extraterrestrial or non-human uh, scenario, we're not, we're not getting. I mean, with the with the age of the camera that we're in right now, where everybody's got a damn camera in their pocket, you'd think that there would be more videos of people being abducted. Or from your case, you know, more more Bigfoot footage footage coming out. We still have that same old picture. I don't know. Is there more evidence? Like I I don't see it. Like there's, I, there's absolutely more evidence. A lot of people play it a lot closer to the chest than they used to. They're not releasing it just on YouTube and anything. But there's definitely closed group scientific forum and forums that are definitely getting a lot more footage. There's a there's a college that did a, a research program for bears and they put out cameras and tags and drones and did this whole like tracking bears in this national park. And they came out with some pretty amazing Bigfoot footage that they <clears throat> are playing very close to the chest. But there's also, you know, DNA evidence like, like, you know, DNA is a piece of a body. We don't need a whole body of a Bigfoot anymore to prove that Bigfoot exists. It's People called biologics, folks. Biologics, that's right. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe Bigfoot are on the list of the UAP biologics because they're certainly here and the government certainly has been covering them up. So now, are they a threat? Are there death tolls of you know, Bigfoot? Uh, has there been such a thing? Um, that is very probable. I mean, if you check out the missing 411s and, and uh, many other encounter stories, sure seems like a there's a lot of people who go missing in national parks. Um, you know? So from from your experience of the studying the different encounters and experiences that people had, 
uh, would you would you consider the the Bigfoot to be a an aggressive beast, or is this all just uh, them protecting? I, I don't think that they usually look at human beings as a prey food, but I mean, like anything, like you know, there's a way you handle mountain lions, and there's a way you handle bears. If the national park rangers were allowed to put up the warnings like they should or, or at least tell people that they were there or you know this isn't a good area for you to just walk out and by yourself then it would probably help a lot i mean creatures get hungry yes they do it would be amazing to if there was a congressional hearing on bigfoot like there was with the uap and non-humans uh because certainly in my Twitter feed now, I have seen more alien autopsies and alien footage than I've ever seen in my entire career. Like all of a sudden, my feed and Twitter is just bombarded with all these extraterrestrial grays. And I mean, I've never seen any of this footage before. I, I would love to see the same effect come from the Bigfoot story. Absolutely. It would be great to see them. I mean, even a a scientific conference where they some peer reviews and they were accepting. There's a, a lot of scientists working on this. Well, tell me a little bit about the the writing process for encountering Eye Shine. Uh, well, that... it's been about three years listening to podcasts that told me all about the different people's encounter stories, and I particularly listen to a lot of stories from the Native Americans and also police officers and EMTs. But I was also trying to, you know, I wanted people to be able to relate to them. I wanted to give them a very a human feel so that people, you know, feel like that they're emotionally attached to them, you know, and that they really relate to them a lot better. Because the Native Americans say that they're they're another tribe of human, so the Native Americans look at them as like our older brother, like an older version of human. And some of the DNA tests have shown that there seems to be some human mitochondrial DNA in them. Well, well I wanted to take you to like the whole life of a family cycle so that you would see how, you know. A lot of people think that they migrate and that they move to different regions. There's a lot of fishermen who have encounter stories. Um, many researchers believe that they use the creeks and the rivers to travel and that they can be found around lakes. And, you know, they, of course, they're going to need fresh water. So it makes sense that wherever they are, there should be a good water source and also plenty of vegetation and food. That's why deep in the national forest makes the most sense. Well, it seems like they're going to start getting pushed out like uh, all the other wildlife and start to have to encounter more and more because uh, this. Well, maybe maybe it'll go the opposite direction as they start to put us in human habitat zones and the Bigfoot get more free room, uh, room to roam. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what comes of 
this tale if it'll ever make it to the surface get beyond the whole conspiracy get beyond the the tv series and and really start to become a real topic it's it's one that's been around for so long and yet it's a, you know it's hard for someone like me even to to know whether to believe it although i do but i i don't have enough evidence to to see i want to see more <laughs> i want more video but well, there's actually quite a few videos out there um and there's a lot of picture evidence a lot of people say that they like I was saying that they they see in UV or infrared. So a lot of people think that they can see the camera lights, you know, oh, and yeah. so that they avoid the game cams because that they have that ability to see the cameras, right. which would allude to why you don't see a lot of them on game cameras. But I've definitely seen an increase in pictures of them being posted and there's still a lot of blurry ones, but there's many clear ones coming out too. I think that it's only a matter of time until we get some really good videos, hopefully better than the old Patty video. So you've been working hard on getting to the heart of Bigfoot to, to share a tale with the folks, the readers that gives you the inner sense of what it's like to be them. And I began the story. I haven't made it all the way through your book yet because uh, it's just been released. And so I got the 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 introduction, as it were, and, and the idea of what these families were like, how they were carrying their young and their pregnant and guarding their way as they made their migration. Um, I'm I'm epically curious to find out when if they run into danger what's gonna you know i i'm really waiting to to dig more into this tale and i don't know that you want to give that much away as far as uh, the the story but uh is there a human encounter in there with the bigfoot i've always wondered what that would be like to be a bigfoot and encounter a human you know like, well in the encounter stories I listened to, there were several different stories of people who had befriended Bigfoot or they had lived near their farms and they had fed them. And there's different stories of people interacting with them and having what they call a habituation. It's basically where you know, Bigfoot live in your backyard either part of the year or some of the year. There's even stories of people who really kind of accepted Bigfoot into their family or found an injured Bigfoot when they were a child and gained their trust that way. And so I do incorporate interactions between Bigfoot and people in the story. Some of them are very positive and some of them are absolutely not. Um. Well, the Bigfoot <laughs> will gang up on you, won't they? If you start uh, threatening or, you know, you've, if you if you let them know you don't want them around your house, they're going to let you know that they are around, right? Well, yes. Or if you decide that shooting at them is a good idea, then um, they will definitely let you know that they do not approve of that idea. And uh, there's more than one story, especially in antiquity, of uh, people trying to shoot at them and then being just ran out of their homes and not forcing to leave and move. 
throwing rocks at their roof and such. Well, that's the beginning. That's the warning. They start throwing rocks. They're letting you know that they are not happy. There's a lot of stories of people going to, you know, going on vacation to cabins that aren't visited very often. And and then, then the rocks start coming and then the, they start yelling. And then, uh, you know, if you retaliate and you don't take the hint, then you'll definitely get some repercussions. I, I did have a Bigfoot experience, uh, sort of. You did? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> it was it was rather odd. Uh, so just to even tie this in with the UAP thing. So I was out at the Eseti Ranch, uh, James Gilliland. And we had taken the school bus, so this was 2012. And we parked up there at Mount Adams at the Eseti Ranch and sat back with the night vision goggles and watched all the different UFOs flying over that area. I mean, it's like a highway over that mountain. I don't know what it is, why that particular region, but uh, it was crazy. I mean, it was almost like we are with the whole UFA, UAP conference in that you watch so many of them, you, you eventually are like, all right, I'm bored. And, uh, but the whole night you will hear people, oh, oh, wow. I mean, there's crowds at the East City Ranch for these events. And, you know, you just hear people like cheering and, and, and squawking all night long. Um, but they had given us a cabin there at the ranch. And uh, so we were all in the room. It was me and Jamie and Monty and Diva, the little poodle. And we were we were in the room and we started hearing these heavy thuds, you know, the sound of Bigfoot walking by. Now, at the East Eddie Ranch, this was, we had been told a number of Bigfoot stories while we were there. And if if Diva hadn't been freaking out so bad, you know, she doesn't freak out, then I wouldn't have thought as much about it, but I was very curious, right? So I hear these large doosh, 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 walked past our our cabin and so i want to go out you know i want to go see this thing that's that's who i am i'm racing for the door i'm trying to get out and everybody's yelling at me no 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 don't don't open the door you know and i'm like and diva you know i'm looking at her and she's all curled up in the corner i'm like wow that's weird you know i've never seen her do that and uh but i'm i know so i i held back for a moment was like all right i won't but i have to and so i opened the door and jumped out and there was nothing nothing there you know like uh, no sign no nothing Uh, but we all we all heard the steps we all knew so i always wondered if these critters could you know like vanish or were they transdimensional in some forms or how that could happen that we would hear these footsteps seemingly so close and then be able to run out and not see anything there's definitely reports that they are they are people have definitely gave reports that they vanished some people have reported seeing them looking very much like Oh, like the Predator movie, like pixelated. Like, right. um, other people have reported that, uh, the you know they they'll hop in the trees. 
and that if they climb to the top of a tree, it's pretty hard to see them up there. Yeah. Um, there's also reports of them dropping flat to the ground and moving away on their fingertips and their toes. <laughs> wow, that's they a call sight. it the spider crawl. There's a uh, one of the very famous podcasters, Wes Germer, who does Sasquatch Chronicles. His encounter, he encountered them. They dropped to the ground and, and ran away like flat. It sounds pretty creepy. <laughs> it does sound creepy. That that, that would be uh, something that would haunt you. It really would. It would Absolutely. almost be funny, but at the same time, not. Yeah. Yeah, right. definitely. If you were not inspecting to encounter a Bigfoot and you've seen one creeping up on you on its fingertips and toes, you would definitely probably not ever want to go back in those woods again. <laughs> I'd be running without a doubt. I yeah. mean, spiders are creepy enough instead of a like a thousand pound like spider. You know? Right. This yeah, these guys. I want to encounter in the woods. Yeah. Oh my god, with glowing eyes, right? Yeah, that would be freaky. With, with glowing eyes, yes. <laughs> but they, you know, they report different colors of glowing eyes. Some say blue, some say green. There's a lot of reports of red, but. Yeah, I've seen a red glowing-eyed Bigfoot creeping around on its fingertips. I would probably lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. I have never had a Bigfoot encounter. Um, have you gone looking? After hearing somebody, I'm not, not sure I wanted to. A little bit, but not extensively. I've always been an outdoors person. I've definitely been in places that it was possible for me to have one. But I've never had one. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the same thing with with UFO. And even for me, I mean, you know, I've had now, I mean, a pseudo Bigfoot experience, but I've had a, an, a couple of UFO experiences. But then for the last, I don't know, 20 years, maybe longer, I haven't seen a damn thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I kind of miss that fascination and wonder that comes from just being blown away by an experience like that. Yeah, I mean, imagine seeing one that just, you see a Bigfoot and then all of a sudden it looks like it turns into a Terminator and pixelates and disappears into the woods. Yeah. And you look around looking for it and then it seems like maybe that there's three or four spots that's happening and you wonder if you're surrounded. That could be pretty terrifying. There's not really anything in nature to really back that up, but, you know, we're all interdimensional beings. We know that. Yeah, if we if we had kept our humanity <laughs> throughout all of this, I think we would have a lot more psychic powers and things of that nature. But maybe we were altered or maybe it's just as we diminished in our capabilities. I don't know. But, I, you know, we all know humans have these abilities to at least remote view and, and have psychic connections and uh you know, so if we take these beasts that have ex have been just living without technology all this time, like a lot of our abilities, I think, were supplanted by technology, you know, instead of our uh, interconnectedness of the, the Akashic records, we have the World Wide Web, you know, we have these pseudo 
replacements for these these natural abilities but the bigfoot they've been out there with no technology living prime primitive all this time and would would probably have more of these type of abilities i think if humans could sit around and meditate a little more we'd probably have more of these abilities too absolutely there's a phenomenon called mind speak that many people report where they say that they talked about the bigfoot in the head or they came to an encounter and the bigfoot was communicating with them or uh, there's some people who have habituations who often communicate with the bigfoot who have been communicating telecastically with the bigfoot for years and you know made friends with the bigfoot that way um some pretty interesting stories out there of people who on a regular basis are communicating with bigfoot telepathically and really can you know they really want to be left alone they say from the humans they don't want to interact uh there's also a native american encounter story where they said that um the bigfoot told them that if they kept if they were going to choose to communicate with the white man, the Bigfoot weren't going to communicate with them anymore. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I bet there's a lot more there, too. There was a time when uh, the Hopi were gathering to meet with their celestial brothers. And there were stories that I got of all the orbs and things that came down to the fire. I managed to get stuck on a Native American uh, reservation for the exact period of time of this gathering, so I didn't make it to it, but I got to hear the stories. I, I think if you were able to get more into the tribes that you would get a lot more of these stories because I I would see where Bigfoot would avoid white man more than red. <laughs> well, they've lived on this continent with the natives for thousands of years so that they accepted them but their ways are definitely different than our ways you know of the of the capitalist build and destroy kind of nature of humankind that's on america definitely a big difference than the hunter gatherer there's a ton of reports of the orbs though they do very much seem to be associated with bigfoot phenomenon there people see them a lot in association with bigfoot and they most people just reported them as a like a a white or light blue glowing orb that moves and seems to stop sometimes they come very close or some people have reported that they go right through them and well that was uh, something yeah. else that happened at the east eddie ranch uh as as we were out there with the night vision goggles watching all the ufo fly over one of the members of the ranch um came over to me and said well you want me to see if i can call an orb and i'm like yeah sure and he's like all right well they seem to be attracted to the infrared light so let me turn on this infrared beam you put on the night vision goggles and watch so i do he does and I see the, the big beam shooting out as a, you know, a large, large flashlight, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like six inches round, maybe like a know. spotlight. Yeah. Like a spotlight. Thank you. And, but when I took the night vision goggles off, I, I couldn't see the beam, right? You could only see the infrared beam with the goggles on. So I 
put them back on and there was the beam again, you know, and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> anyway, you know, because it's it's totally invisible to the naked eye. You know what I mean? That's just a like a fascinating thing to have something that you can see, you know, it's there with this enhanced vision, but yet you can't see it at all. You know, so we got to remember that, folks, you know, that, that there's things right there in our in our non-visual range it's just uh, so here i am and i'm looking at the beam and i'm thinking i'm seeing particles in the beam and you know little floaties like you know moisture or something and uh i'm thinking maybe that's what this this guy's trying to show me and i'm thinking well you know that could be moisture that could be anything i don't you know that's not very exciting and all of a sudden, as I'm thinking those thoughts, this orb, and honestly, I can't tell you, it was kind of reddish, I think, orangish. It's funny, I try to recall this now, but of course I had night vision goggles on, so who knows what color, but uh, it suddenly came down over the mountain, came down through the field, and it was about the same size as the beam, honestly, about, you know, a foot circle and it it went right over the beam it literally jumped over the beam and went up the other side of the of the other mountain and i i took off the goggles and looked at everybody and was like exclaiming you know oh my god did you see that and everybody's just looking at me like what cuz you had to have the night vision goggles to see any of it and i'm like oh my god you mean i'm the only person that saw that oh my god what am i doing? you know so in a group of people you know i see this as true phenomenon and yet no one else saw it so you know what are you going to say about that <laughs> you know what i mean but this isetti ranch i don't know what to think about the gilly lands ranch because I mean, UFOs all day and night, Bigfoot walking around by the ranches and orbs just flying by. I mean, what is up with Mount Adams? <laughs> like, this is crazy. So, but it definitely speaks to the fact that if they see an infrared, like, you know, they, they, they have permanent night vision goggles on and, and that's why. And, and then if you're in that infrared, then nobody can even see you when you're walking by in the first place, just like that orb. And I got to experience that all alone. <laughs> yeah, what areas Mount Allen is in? Uh, Washington. I have to remember yeah, where the well, East of course. Ranch it's is. In the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> that that area is famous for Bigfoot. They're very accepted there. So I think it's pretty normal. But, uh, you know, humans see very little of the visible light spectrum. And I think that that could be pretty huge in relating to the government announcing UAPs because just like night vision, we've made a lot more instruments that can detect a lot more things in the visible light spectrum. And a lot of people do receive reports seeing uh, the orbs with the naked eye, but there's also reports just like yours where people see them with the night vision on and when they take the night vision off, they're gone. There's also the FLIR, you know, so they're using a lot more tools out there to see what's going on that we can't see. And that's pretty exciting. I mean, I would really like to put on a pair of glasses that you could see every single one of the visible, the non-visible light spectrums. I wonder what's right, around something. us. Yeah. Right. That would be and something. if you do that, can you see into different dimensions? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, the, a, 
the 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 con- congressional hearing brought up interdimensional entities you know right <laughs> like this is not outside our realm anymore <laughs> and you got you got to imagine the government's got the ability to to see these things and they definitely do yeah <clears throat> fascinating but it is fascinating your story is really fascinating I've never seen an orb before, but I I would like to see an orb for sure. Uh, some people think that the Bigfoot and orbs are one of the same. That that they, however, that they move through dimensions or whatever, that they can transform into an orb. Yeah, I believe move that. A, move about. That to me makes sense. It does. I mean, even though we don't understand the physics of it, it 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 would fit with just why, how these entities could live amongst us all this time and still remain so elusive. Right. That they could just slip into other dimensions or become an orb or become yeah. invisible. That orb was invisible to everyone else. You know, you had to have right. special vision to see it. And yeah, it's pretty wild to have uh, <laughs> these type of stories. I think you've got to be a, a vagabond, a traveler, a nomad, you know, to really start to run into these strange encounters. And that's you know, something that you and I have deep in our hearts. We can't help it. We're just nomads. <laughs> Give us a rainbow gathering. and We're on our way. Although, admittedly, we're getting older and it's getting hard to go. And also the, I don't know, the rainbow gatherings have become, because you would think there would be a lot of encounters at the rainbow gatherings when once everybody shows up, uh, all animals have dispersed. You know, <laughs> like every animal in the National Forest has found its way out uh, long yeah, before the, the. The most common animal then becomes the dog. Right. <laughs> But I think that, uh, you know, the most the counter stories that are told the most definitely are people who are out there, uh, hikers, fishermen, hunters for sure. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of over the road truck drivers. There's reports from over the road truck drivers of them hitting them in the middle of the night. And then, and then the guys in black suits show up and, tell them it was a bear and that's what you're going to say and make the reports official even for insurance company purposes it was a bear right. and so they're on top of this you know of government agencies that are i mean you don't know but you you have evidence that, that shows government agencies protecting and covering up these uh bigfoot well sure there's plenty of stories you know encounter stories of good old boys talking about how they came face to face with one where they were hunting or when they were in their deer stand and they shot them and killed them. And a lot of them feel like that they killed a human being. And when it, you know, when it was dead, it looked like a human. And uh, I think that tracking devices may have come a long way or whatever they use to keep an eye on them because the government always shows up. Every single one of the hunters that should have a story of killing one 
also has a story of the government taking the body. Not much different than the UFO story. And I, I had a friend in college that was working on the satellite that could determine different life forms by its light, by its radiation. And, and so he was working on a satellite that, you know, could detect, say, cannabis uh, from another crop right next to it or whatever, just by the, the light that it emitted. So that technology has been around. My I have a friend that worked on it. Uh, so they 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 see a whole lot more. God, that's got to be such a unique perspective. That that's, that could be the next book, right? Is <laughs> the 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 government watching all of this happening? And I don't know. What are you hoping that uh, people get out of your book mostly? Well, I want them to understand that there's more in the forest than we think that there is, and that we need to have a real respect for them. I want people to be aware that it exists and that it's out there and not to go camp hiking in the woods by yourself thinking that, you know, your bear mace is going to save you. But, you know, more importantly, there's a, a lot of safety tips that I think people should have. Like if you encounter a Bigfoot, don't run, walk. You don't want to trigger a prey instinct to chase you, you know, and also it's probably not a great idea to feed them a lot of people like to gift them or leave you know treats and such in the woods for them but there's also a lot of reports of them becoming angry when they don't receive their gifts on a daily basis like they were especially people leaving like meat and stuff like they start expecting to be fed and they get pretty upset when they're not uh, they say that i was listening to an encounter the other day where they said that the Bigfoot were leaving them uh, stones that you could only that uh, were reactive in the UV light. So at night, those stones would glow. So that's pretty interesting. It helps support the theory that you know that they do see an infrared and they do have a different uh, visible light spectrum than we do. Uh, I want people to really. Uh, I want them to see them as, you know, like a human being. Maybe not exactly the kind of human being we are, but definitely a hominid of some kind. You know, they they could definitely be an ancestor. Uh, one thing that the people say that there's no evidence of of Sasquatch in history, and that there's no bones, and I think that that, that is pretty ludicrous when uh, there's a lot of evidence of giant bones all over America. You know, there's a we have found bones. And there's several different time frames of people that happened in America that we really don't have a definitive type of who was here. You know, we don't, there, we don't know what tribe created things. We don't know what they called themselves. We don't know what they look like. And so it's impossible for us to rule out the fact that there was a time when Bigfoot did rule North America. Like, you know, they say Columbus discovered America, which we all know is just hooey. But if he discovered it, who lost it? Or why did we 
stop, you know, the, uh, the Europeans stopped coming here because we know that there was plenty of cultures who did come here. There's the Michigan mines and stuff. We have plenty of evidence of people coming here at some point. But why did they stop? Was it because that there was a huge giant population on North America and that was their territory? It seems like that's pretty probable. When we think about the number of bison that were on this continent and now they're just gone, uh, it could be very similar to that. And that would also explain why there's no ancient architecture here on, on in North America, or at least undiscovered. But yet, you know, as as it stands, it seems like this nation somehow or this continent just uh, managed to be avoided by the great builders that conquered every other, you know, we got it in South America, we got it in Egypt and all over the world. But yet this nation, this, this continent was just left to be uh, a, having a large group of giant Bigfoot uh, would, it would explain why there is no ancient architecture here. Well, there's a, uh... Definitely, there is some ancient architecture here, and it's definitely, definitely covered up. Like Thomas Jefferson gave a speech that said that in the Ohio River Valley, that there was a civilization there that rivaled the Colosseums of Rome. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Have, I mean... have, you, have you ever seen a drawing or any indication of that? No. Me either. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but there are historical accounts of them demolishing uh, works that were here there's also uh, you know all the mound works which you might dismiss but some of those mound works have you know well, like see, I would see, yeah I would see the, the primitive primal type entity like Bigfoot is or even Native Americans being a little more primal in their architecture to, but you know, if we're looking at giant architecture like the mounds, uh, I would attribute that more to a Bigfoot type entity than uh, than a human. It could be. I think that they think they know what tribe made the serpent mound, but there are definitely other works throughout North America that have not been attributed to tribes, and yeah. there's definitely megaliths all over the place that they are not put in parks or national parks or, you know, there's definitely odes to Columbus, but there's not odes to the ancient people that were here before. And there's, you know, I think we could, I think that we definitely don't want people to think that America existed as a civilized or more advanced civilization at any time in history, which I think history's the evidence is going to show that's just not true. That you know, there's been people existing on the American continents for a very long time doing very high work. Yeah, yeah, I think that if we, when, if, if we discover the ancient structures here in North America, that they would predate the the pyramids of egypt i think that they would be that old that uh, this would be one of the first continents that humanity would live on 
and we, you know, we just haven't dug deep enough because <laughs> we're, uh, it's that ancient. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of happening in Mexico and that is technically on the North American continent. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I, when I'm saying, yeah, yeah but, I'm not right, counting that. But, but why does that all of a sudden stop once we get to the American That's border? what I'm saying. That's exactly right. what I'd say. Like, you know. Because it, those borders are just imaginary lines. They don't actually exist in reality. <laughs> no, this this content, continent's way too beautiful. I mean, when we look at what the Incans did to, to build their structures up in these desolate areas where you can't even grow or do anything, just rocky and horrible, and... You know, all they had to do was walk a few hundred more miles to this continent and find, you know, the, the greatest parks and the, you know, the lakes and the mountains. And, the, you know, it just doesn't make any sense that the, but it would make sense if you, if you're, if you're, if we were going to put like uh, these giant hominids running around and stopping them from, from coming up here. I don't know. I just throwing it out there. But it is bizarre yeah. that this beautiful, beautiful continent was just ignored by the ancients it doesn't make any sense that sure doesn't well, so encountering eye shine is the new book by angela kelly and it is quite the tale folks you can get it on amazon you can push that one up and, and it's a category a bit more it's just come out so um it's it's brand new release. Uh, so go to Amazon.com and check out Encountering Eye Shine. Is this is this the best place to find your book? Yes, it sure is. Okay. So of course it's we'll available have on ebook here. as well. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks so much for doing my cover art and having me on today. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to take this on over into the members section and uh, Angela and I are going to get into some of the tales, some of the stories of our lives that I've forgotten, things that I've not gone through, uh, things that I've experienced but forgotten all about. <laughs> I love having friends like Angela that can remind me of the tales to tell. Uh, we'll get into some more of this uh, story of what's been going on in the world. We'll, we'll, we'll toss a few of these things about that have come up. I mean, it, it was a crazy week. No doubt about that. And I want to let you all know that I'm I'm doing a special right now. I haven't put it on the store page yet. Uh, but to let you know that anyone that buys a flash drive will get both flash drives. So if uh, I have one that's all audio, eight gigabytes of all the best audio shows, and uh, then an eight gigabyte flash drive of all the best videos. So if you buy one flash drive, you will get both flash drives because I, I want you to have this information. I want to get it out there. It's been difficult for me you know, being banned off of YouTube and all of a sudden now you guys can't get my stuff anywhere. And of course, I've been putting it up on rockfin.com slash Freeman TV, uh, but that's a pay for site as well. And I want to make sure everybody can get this information. And I hope you'll share it. Uh, go ahead and <laughs> test fate and put one of my videos on your YouTube channel. I don't know. I don't recommend that. But I want to let you know that if you do get a flash drive, I will send you both flash drives. So please enjoy that. And if you haven't yet, come on over to freemantv.com and dig deep. So, you know, scroll all the way down that front page. Even if you're a member, the 
all that information is still relevant, still needed, and it's it's right there for you. Just scroll all the way down on the front page and, and start from the bottom and work your way back up. It'll take you a good decade to get through all the work, but hey, that's what it's all about. Been here that long. So uh, come over, subscribe, help support the show, freemantv.com, and we will see you all next week. Thank you.